Everybody and welcome to episode 204 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my ragtag gaggle of co-hosts Peter and Jake. Uh, we're looking extra ragtag this week because this week we're coming at you with the What's on Our Face edition of the podcast, <laughs> where you at home we bring this production. We've brought the studio experience to the home setting where you can play with your favorite studs uh, and you can also participate in this game. <laughs> Guess what's on our face and win something. I don't know. Yeah. The stream tonight might be upsetting to some of you. This is where the face cams are going to fucking <laughs> come. Uh, Peter, you to... look a little bit like JR right now. <laughs> you look a little... I might have to get, might have to get some... Uh... <laughs> Jake's, some masks the, for this stuff. I want to get a scar yeah. so I can blend in with you guys. Jake's going to have the blade to fucking fit oh in. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. I got one. I don't want to be too hard. I just got the Book of Mormon in my eye. Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just couldn't read it. This was on my doorstep. It's for an app. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, they've hey, expanded into the technosphere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Today we're coming at you live from a small little town somewhere And I don't care There's a desert though And the military's gonna come And they're gonna uh, investigate some shit And They mentioned the state like up. nine times I don't yeah. remember because I didn't watch it I didn't need to <laughs> I love this movie I'm so happy you guys recommended it's, it It's fucking uh, Arizona Arizona, it's, that's fine Like the iced tea because we watched Evolution. Uh, this is the second week in a row where one of us has recommended another, like, secret favorite movie. Yeah. Of another um, Saturn studs. Like, last apparently. week it was Interstellar 5555, and now yeah. it's Evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of you two is going to have to, like, fucking well, hit on something for me next week. I think, based on what we've been talking about, I think we know what next week has got to be. Beetleborgs? Yeah. <laughs> maybe i won't w- rule it out yet i did um, have a recommendation for next week and it was it was one of two things it was either tiger king because i've been hearing i saw so the trailer for it that. and i wanted i i was excited to tell you guys there's a fucking documentary about joe exotic i know <laughs> and i've i the last time i heard of joe exotic it was some youtuber i want to say it was a3 a3 productions who made a funny-ass video about him because he's such a bizarre dude. The last um, time I heard from him was when John Oliver covered his presidential campaign. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. It was a YouTube thing of John Oliver doing it. But he is he's something else, man. Um, either yeah, that I or... Su- I, I almost he- watched that on a fucking impulse. Uh, yesterday when I was done with Evolution and started playing the trailer and I was like, oh, well, maybe, yeah, I don't fucking know. Let's just go. <laughs> but, Let's uh, just go. I'm riding a high after that movie. Uh, Grenadine Tarkovsky. Grenadine Tarkovsky. Is his, uh, I think his Clone Wars are up on Netflix. I don't. Oh, yeah, I think I saw that. Look into that. Maybe I can actually watch them all in like whatever the correct order is because I never feel like I've seen all of it. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've like I, seen like eighty percent of it. Yeah, like it got. They did, I think, twenty initial episodes or something like that. But the original, 
they did it in like two waves. Like the first wave was like clearly experimental and they were just like five to eight minute sort of shorts like those Pokemon Origins clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it caught on. So like they commissioned, I think, 10 or maybe even 20 uh, longer, like almost 20 minute episodes. And that's where you got into like the Asaja Ventress stuff and, uh, you know, teasing Anakin's fall and Mace Windu's first encounter of General Grievous. All the good stuff. General Grievous, just in general. So many good moments. Yeah. Can we have that? I wish we could have had that General Grievous in the movie instead of the one we got. Yeah. These assholes. Really fucking... uh, I remember that in the theater, too, watching that movie, watching Revenge of the Sith and being like, that's not Grievous. (laughs) Oh, my master. I'm Skeletor. I've got a bad cough. Cough. Coughing because then he get he got shot. With yeah, him. yeah, he got, he got well, no, he got up. his chest crushed by Miss Windu in the fucking animated series. Was that or was it? Yeah, it, maybe, it was, maybe that. was that. Yeah, yeah it was a crush. <laughs> Trust I me, got, I remember this very vividly. <laughs> there was also another scene where I think he got like tagged by a laser uh, blaster. Just that's how he a, dies. He he has like a heart for some reason, and well, Obi Wan shoots him with a blaster, and it catches on fire, and he's like, ah. He used to be. Um, uh, an alien, a creature. It used to be this thing, and then through the power of the dark side, and um, uh, Dooku bought him a bunch of PC parts, and he built himself a <laughs> person. Your kid, SithJediPicker.com. He did. So he like rebuilt himself like all crazy like that. But it was he's got a cool backstory. We're stalling a little bit simply because. As uh, COVID mania continues to run wild across the nation, uh, it does affect the amount of content we can cover on our podcast. Uh, This week, especially because for the first time ever in the history of the world, a Hollywood box office was zero dollars. Holy shit. Holy shit. My kiddos and biddos. Uh, No, uh, Phoenix, Oregon. At a limited release. There's a Phoenix theaters. in Oregon? Uh, no, Phoenix, Oregon is the name of the movie. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. At a limited release, it made $3,842. That's got to be like from like a college campus that's locked down or something like that. That's the only explanation I will buy. And then uh, Lost in America rolls I love on up how... to number two. <laughs> On Box Office Mojo, if you look at it, uh, March 13th through 15th and March 20th for 22nd, they have COVID-19 pandemic under the... Yeah, they're all labeled. Uh, So yeah, if you go on Box Office Mojo, top 10 gross, dash. (laughs) (laughs) Minus 100%. (laughs) Two releases. Yeah, Phoenix, Oregon and Lost in America. Uh, bringing in a thunderous thirty-eight, forty-two, and seventy-eight dollars, respectively, <laughs> in seventeen and one theaters. What are these seventeen theaters that are opening? Close, damn you, close. Um, maybe they're just like really not. Maybe they're just they're just psycho, and they're like. But what a fucking boon for the makers of Phoenix, Oregon, like. <laughs> 
This is a movie That's that right. they they never could have dreamed would have been number one at the box office. We will come out on top, my friends. The fuck is this even? A, yeah, Lost two, in America up from seventy. <laughs> two longtime friends battle midlife crisis by opening bowling alley bowling alley slash pizzeria uh, combos in their small hometown. Wow, actually, I'd watch that. Yeah, why not? Well, let's check the reviews. Isn't that just a fucking shirt? Yeah, <laughs> whatever. We'll do follow up first. <laughs> up is up, down is <laughs> up is up, down is down, but right is left and left is right. So <laughs> we're operating we under fifty. Let's see if anyone know what we're doing. <laughs> Has anyone reviewed this movie? Yes. Uh, yes, there are fifty-five user reviews on IMDb with a six point nine out of ten. So let's take a look at the number one movie in America, shall we? Wait, you wait. You have fifty-five reviews. I have three. Can you send me your? Can you send me your link? Oh, did they not? They might not have written reviews. There might be fifty-five ratings. Yes, okay. there are oh, yeah, all three. three there are three user reviews. They're mostly well, positive. We each get one then. All right, let's do it. I'll I'll start at the top one, I guess. <clears throat> Funny and heartfelt movie worth watching. Got to catch Phoenix, Oregon when it screened in San Francisco recently. Oh, this is from July of last year. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what a delightful movie. The acting is great. The storyline is heartfelt without being too sentimental. And there are a cast of unexpected characters that are funny and believable. Go see it in theater or catch it when it comes to Netflix! <laughs> Exclamation mark. One out of one found it helpful. So all Allison eight five five eight eight. All right, now here's when the ratings plummet to nine out of ten. <laughs> Fun, funny, and a movie with message. It's a darn good movie. Darn no good chase scenes or special effects. Just good plot, great character actors, and an interesting setting. The movie offers a believable story, a message that's not trite, and more than a few good laughs along the way. It I ain't trite. We will hear much more about this movie as it gets exposure, but go, go and see it as soon as you get a chance. That was from the 1st of July. The so, monkey's paw just curls its finger inwards. <laughs> Oof. I guess you can't go see it. Uh, and then you know levels off gets you know a little leveled with uh, nine out of ten great family movie by Danny Shane also in uh, July of last year. My wife, sixteen-year-old son, and I very much enjoy the movie. <laughs> Why is he eighty with a sixteen-year-old son? <laughs> I like. Don't that. fucking judge. If the <laughs> cannon still got ammo, I'm still firing. Don't kick shame. <laughs> the genetic jackhammer. Oh, the acting was very natural, leaving me feel as if I lived the story in the movie rather than just having watched it. Great job by everyone. The producers told me that the R rating was for the use of the F word one time. I don't even remember hearing it. Ha <laughs> That's not. You can get one F bomb with a PG 13 rating. SpongeBob. One out of two found this helpful. You know what's amazing so is that I actually think you nailed his, his, uh, his portrayal pretty good because 
he cared about the use of the F word and the R rating. It was like, I was quite shocked when I heard it. Well, was that's an R because rating. they went with their 16 year old son. He couldn't watch was, the movie on his oh, own. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't want them to be slapping boobies everywhere. I don't want to corrupt kid. my youth. He's 16. He doesn't know what sex is yet. How could he? He's definitely not had sex. No one has sex. He was just age. 16. He kept his motor clean. I didn't sign Brian his uh, impersonation. I didn't sign his permission slip to take sex ed, so There's no way he knows about it. How could he? All right, so that was that was your box office and follow up <laughs> for your fucking top movie there. Rave reviews. Rave reviews. Six point nine. Fifty five. I want to read reviews of all the other people that brought it down to a six point nine. I had a forty three on Metacritic too. So, um, silent majority. Yeah, I actually. I want to see. Does it have Rotten Tomatoes? Fifty eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. Let's read some professional, a couple professional okay. reviews to round this out here. We're talking um, about the man and his 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 wife and a six year old son is in professional. <laughs> the eighty year old um, guy. I thought it was a coming of middle age tale in a way. It's enjoyable and has warm, upbeat energy in its best moments from Claudia Puig, Film Week, Michael Reichstaffen of the LA Times. He's a Nazi. Said, given the film's needlessly protracted length and equally drawn out pace, getting that point, getting to that point is about as engaging as watching Doe Rise. Rough. <laughs> sure. It's not one dimensional, but Phoenix, Oregon is a flat and little like Bobby's blank face. Michael J. Casey, Michael J. Cinema. I wonder if they employ Michael J. Nelson. <laughs> um, dramatic. Michael J. Nelson. I, I work in the Michael J. Cinema. I have warm tale and hopeful coming of middle age tale. John DeFore, Hollywood reporter, top critic. Yeah, hey, right, that's so, what the other guy said, asshole. Yeah, it's basically um mixed Incestuous. bag. <laughs> mixed bag of uh, reviews here. More positive than negative, but like one more positive than negative. So <laughs> that's that's but what it's you get. The only thing playing in America, so what do you want? It's the only movie you can go and see. Oh shit. Um <laughs> Kurt just saw something flying at him. Yeah. There's He's a, got an aerial attacker in the house. We have a quick time event here. Rather, uh, rather large spider crawling on my monitor right there. Oh Jesus! That would do it. Um, if you don't, you'll end up like me. Smite it. I I flicked it off. I don't know where it went to. I'll Uh-oh, kill it later. That's not good. He's definitely around. Yeah, I'll, I'll kill it if it comes back. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be a, a distraction for me. He'll <laughs> be on the edge of his mind, haunting him for the rest. We'll of the let you podcast. know if it starts crawling on your face or something. You can't. Well, on on yeah, my eyes are on the ground right now. I'm scoping it out. Uh, <laughs> fucking um, trailers, I guess. Then, <laughs> much like our box office, we've got two. <laughs> Woo. Oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, uh. <laughs> tentatively scheduled for a May 22nd release. We'll see how that goes. Uh, guys, don't you know the president wants the, the disease to be over by by Easter? Yes, he wants it to be I, an I Easter miracle. That. It'd be good for ratings. Tell you what, I'll fucking start believing in God if this all clears up by Easter. 
I'll go to church. <laughs> um, yeah, what the fuck's this? Uh, survive the night. Survive the night. Starring Bruce three. Willis, Chad Michael Murray, and Lydia Hole. Let that sink in, everyone. Just sink into your Chad Lydia Michael Hole. Murray. No, Chad Michael Murray is back in a movie after eight seasons of one tree, nine it? seasons one, of One Tree, one tree Hill. Hill. Yeah, uh, nine an appearance of one tree in Hill. Freaky Friday, a starring role in. Uh, what the fuck is this? I still have his IMDb open. A starring role in A Cinderella Story and in House of Wax. <laughs> Look, I just got to say, everybody, for people who don't know, uh, you know, maybe it's on my profile, I don't know, Chad Michael Murray did go to my high school. Now, he went there like eight or maybe ten years before I was there, so I have no connection to him at all other than he walked the same halls I did. But I was always compared to Chad Jake, Michael Murray. What do you mean? Said. You had his locker. You had the same locker. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome. And like the <laughs> because Townsend like, and Murray are right next to each other in the alphabet. They don't put. <laughs> <laughs> you choose your own. <laughs> oh, you didn't have assigned lockers. Oh no. Oh, we had assigned lockers alphabetically. I think, <laughs> I think one year, we did have assigned lockers because they said there was some fight. In the in, when there was uh, the picking day, <laughs> it's like a couple <laughs> kids got into a fight. So they're like, "No, we're taking it away for everybody." Thanks, guys. Yeah, I all... think we just got ours like randomly. We're just like, here's yeah. your number. Well, they split us up into homerooms alphabetically, and then your locker was by your homeroom because theoretically that was convenient to you. But being uh, having the last name Bennett and being at the beginning of the alphabet. Uh, my locker was always the furthest away from all my classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they I do not miss there. lockers. Yeah, no, I don't. We had. A I trash much prefer locker. having a having a a desk. Did you ever have a trash locker? A trash locker? No, I so, can't say that we had. Me and a couple friends would always get there early before school because we were very studious. Um, yeah, I'm and sure we just it. hang out. Hang out with the old ones out and just hang out under the bleachers studying. Uh, we, we'd play hacky sack in the hallways, and sometimes we would we would talk and tell stories of our of our nights. Um, and one of the things that we did, we were too damn lazy to walk to the end of the hall to go to the trash for our breakfast. So we would just turn around and put it in the locker behind us. So at the end of the year, there was about you know fifty milk cartons. Oh, God. That were just stacked up in this, oh, in this locker. Oh, a little bit of milk in the bottom, too. I'm sure that smelled and, fantastic. And there was a, a bagel that we had slapped to the back of the wall because the peanut butter was bad. You guys are... I'm glad to know you were those kids You're in, what's in wrong with America. You're the fucking animals that are... I didn't do it. Are... I would never do that. I would, I would never put a bagel on the back of a locker. I'd force myself to eat it. That's a waste of food. Come on now. Um, but he slapped, my friend slapped it to the back of the locker and, uh, three days later it slid down and left the peanut butter streak and it was funny. We all laughed. Was, was the image of Christ in that peanut butter streak? No. After wish. three days it rose again? So. We felt really bad when we came in one day and it was all gone. <laughs> yeah. Which only custodian. means like a janitor was probably brought in because of a smell. <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. I think I've told this story before, but it's like the one like 
Oh, not the one. There were several events, but most the one non-drug bust related big event that happened in my tenure in high school. Someone took like this massive fucking shit in one of the stalls on one of the first floor bathrooms in our high school. And uh, like the word spread throughout the school very quickly. And you had people who didn't even have to go to the bathroom coming in to look at this. And I course with one of them and it looked like someone had backed a fucking horse up into the stall and said go Bessie and slapped it on the ass like this was this was a beyond an upper decker this was like six inches above the fucking rim oh my god and by the time I made my way down there you know like the hustlers had already set up tables selling fucking giant shit t-shirts oh my god Uh, we didn't have any of that. We just had a lot of poo writers. There were a lot of poo writers in my school. Poo writers. What what point do you have to get to in your life where you're like, yes, I will dip my hands in my own shit and write fucking messages on the wall of the bathroom? We had a kid who shit all over the floor and the wall, and, like, it was a big thing, and he, he, like, closed down bathrooms for weeks, and he had to, like, sign into bathrooms from there on out. It was crazy. It was a big time. He's actually pretty successful now. He's an engineer at Northrop Grumman. I haven't. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right. No, he's so, actually doing you. pretty well. He was like one of those. He was one of those like <laughs> problem childs because like he had he was too smart for the content. So, as a way to distract himself, he had to like he act would out. shit on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He would, like, act out because he was too smart. Uh, so I think that's what happened. A clear sign of intelligence fucking <laughs> playing with feces. I really think Pete, you should just cut that. That, yeah. Well, you touching it right now makes me worry it's going to fucking, like, burst and <laughs> spray your camera. I'm going to watch Dr. Pimple Popper now. <laughs> Go on, Ben. I was so mad that someone made a show called Dr. Pimple Popper MD. Like you made a whole show by stealing a line from Seinfeld. Well, they made a show by stealing some fucking internet phenomena. Like that shit was big on the webs. Well, I think that's her job. Yeah, like yeah, a, dermatologist. a dermatologist. Yeah. And that was a joke in an episode of Seinfeld. Jerry was dating a dermatologist, and she was all like, "I save lives." And he's like, "Doctor," he called her Doctor Pimple Popper MD at one oh, point. That's funny. Yeah, she she just puts up some good content. That's for sure. <laughs> just busting cysts and we're like, ew. How do you get to that point? You're gross. Busting makes me feel good. Dude. So anyway, uh, Survive the Night. We were actually oh, attempting to talk That's about right. a trailer here. Uh, Chad Michael Murray, uh, Bruce Willis in a movie about, a, and this is what I think it's about, um, my understanding is that a doctor is being sued for malpractice uh, and a criminal's brother needs surgery. So they invade his home uh, and abduct his, or, and like, you know, tie up his wife, child, and father who lives with them and, and force them to operate. But he needs Bruce Willis's hands, and Bruce Willis is like, I think I'm John McClane still. And then they're like, we need to take over the situation. So it's a, a home invasion movie. Like a lot of other home invasion movies you've seen before, I'm sure, except it stars Bruce Willis and Chad Michael Murray, which is unique to it. Yes. I really feel like it's a um, sequel to like Die Hard. Oh, it's Die Hard 7, of course. 
You ever watch Die Hard 3 on TV? It's exhausting. <laughs> Die Hard delivers. <laughs> Die Hard 7, Die Hard delivers. I don't know. Die Hard it's delivers. Not del- it's he not delivery, fucking... it's Die Hard. So Die Hard 7, Die Hard delivers. Which is a better film concept? Like, which treatment would you approve if you were a studio? Uh, John McClane has to fight terrorists on his way to delivering a pizza, or John McClane has to fight terrorists in order to deliver a baby? I like I like babies. People like babies. People like pizza. There's no pizza babies. Or, but, but you combine oh. the two. He has to fight terrorists to deliver a pizza to a hospital where he then has to deliver a baby. I think we got a thing here. We did it, boys. I think we nailed it. Yeah. I think we just made Blumhouse. (laughs) Clear yourself out. Give us a call. Clear your fucking schedule. You got nothing better to do right now. Take our calls. Yeah. (laughs) I honestly think that some of these ideas we've pitched on the show could make money, and Blumhouse should call us. Oh, yeah. We'll develop a treatment. Especially after some of this shit that gets put out. Yeah, like, yeah. there's no way that Duck, Duck, Goose is any worse than the fucking hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Look at cats. That got green lip. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Duck, Duck, Goose would have destroyed cats at the box office. Oh, yeah. And we'd get real ducks and geese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd make sure of it. No animated duck or geese will be in my movie. That would be like the that would be the unique musical sting that our horror movie would have. It'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the it have like the violins like the <laughs> squat. Except Danny DeVito would be the duck. He goes yeah. squat. We'd have to have that. Yeah, for sure. Non-negotiable. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> That's Bernie. That's my. That's my Bernie Gander. The Canada Bernie Gooses. Bernie Ganders. There we you go. We have to lock down the borders. The Canada Gooses are coming over. They're stealing our geese. <laughs> I will make sure that we have hunters on the border. We need to make sure that geese. American geese can get the same health care that the Canadian geese are getting. <laughs> they're flying down. They're migrating south and they're rubbing it in our face. And they're scaring away all the ducks I feed in the park. I like to go to my summer home in Vermont, and I like to feed the ducks, but the Canada gooses, they come in and they scare the ducks off, so I am putting a travel ban on all gooses from Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Bernie Ganders versus Donald Trumpeter Swan. Yes. This crazy man is putting a travel ban on geese. That's terrible. Let them come in. All the media rages about And then we have a trailer For the Willow Bees Buys Willow Buys Isn't it so quaint What a a quirky movie It's it's in less than 24 frames Second Watches this quirky family Gets a quirky babysitter And then the quirky cops come And quirky adventures ensue Quirky 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 Look at our color palette And our gang vocals In the fucking background Whoa Whoa Suck my dick This movie's not gonna make any money Well it's already made money Cause God damn it Netflix Netflix made it (laughs) God damn it So I don't really know what it's about I know I know the parents Abandon their children 
and they're and f- raised by this fucking whimsical nanny type person. Yeah. Um, mm. oh, it's like Nanny McPhee. I guess. Or it's Mary Poppins. Nanny McPhee or Mary Poppins. But they put a weird twist on it when child services come and they're like, "We we need to protect these kids." Like, yeah. but they portray child services as like the, the bad guys, the bad guy FBI who's trying to take away your fun. Would, and really, they're just trying to make sure you have a, a like a meal, and a yeah. warm house <laughs> to sleep in. Get your space blanket. Like, they're not bad. Yeah, I don't know, know if that's we, the right message to send to children that child services are not here to help you. Hey, if child services shows up to your house, you run. Run right, away from join them. That, join that fun nanny that you always hang out with. She's she's the good guy here because she sings. She never touches people inappropriately ever. All right, so let me read to you some of the people they fucking got for this. Uh, Will Forte, My Rudolph, Alessia Cara, Terry Crews, Martin Short, Jane Krakowski and Ricky Gervais. Nobody's just—they're just all in quarantine. They all just had to send in their shit. This was made in like two weeks, I bet. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Fucking Jane You're Krakowski like, kind of surprises me. Well, I mean, they all surprised me. Why would any of them sign on to this? <laughs> they just went to fucking full sale, and they're like, "All right, kids, instead of your final, make one fucking art asset for this movie." Yeah. Well, it's uh, weird because Maya Rudolph is um is the hormone monstrous in Big Mouth, and now yeah. she's the nanny in this, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> One second you're talking about vaginas and bubble baths, and like bath. now you're <laughs> talking about taking care of kids. Pick a, pick a lane. Well, Maya Rudolph has <clears throat> been in a lot of shit. She was on SNL for like eight years. <laughs> pick a lane, Maya, with your... She's Remember she was in the Lego movie part two and she made a joke about how stepping on a Lego hurts as much as giving birth to a child. Remember that oh, great movie? I remember laughing so hard when that thing, that meme came up and they're like, uh, <laughs> such a dumb joke. That movie that, you know, totally got what made the first Lego movie good and definitely was able to repeat it. <laughs> yep. Totally. All right. Bad well, movies. now we're just like fucking... I don't know what to do anymore because we already did Pretty the fall. Uh, well, and we're we'll done with trailers. Do, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll go into our... We'll just, I guess we'll talk about gaming well. news. We're, we're half hour in. this. Uh, we've never done a tray watch uh, like less than 45 minutes. So this is like uncharted territory. It's hard. Those didn't even give us that kind of material to like riff off. Yeah, there wasn't other. a lot, lot to make fun of there. I mean, well, there's a lot to make fun of, but like. Not like good jokes, you know what I mean? Ha ha ha, 24 frames per second. Ha ha. <laughs> so I think one of the cool things uh, in gaming uh, news has been uh, all the reviews and stuff for Half-Life Alex. Yeah, Half-Life and, um, Alex is out. Yeah, I've been I've been watching uh, some gameplay of it, and it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, so Half-Life Alex is out. Uh, it's the third installment of the Half-Life series, but it's a prequel. Not Half Life Three, so well, it's like the, it gets around the f- living up to the hype of Half Life. It's the 3. fifth installment, well, like the sixth. Uh-oh. So there's Half Life, Half Life Blue Shift, Half Life Two, Half Life Two Episode One, Half Life Two Episode Two, and now Half Life Alex. So it's the oh, sixth. that's well, it's, that's <laughs> cutting corners. <laughs> Anyways, it's not Half Life Three. Don't call it Half Life Three, but it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So the cool part about this game is that it it's solely VR, which could be a 
bad thing for some cases because if you don't have a VR system, you can't really play this game. Um, no, unfortunately. And well. it, but it's not so. It's not a good game, uh, from what I've heard from some people who <laughs> aren't like uh, big Half Life fans. Right. Who people who people who just play this game, they don't play Half Life Two. They're like the storyline, the plot, and the characters are not crazy good like there's nothing to write home about they're decent they did a good job with it but there's nothing the the whole experience i guess is a vr yeah where they nail it on the head half-life uh gained a lot of its popularity uh, because it came out in an era where uh games with that sort of narrative like focus on the narrative like that were very uncommon and none of them had been done as well as Half-Life had been done. Uh, so it got a reputation from that. But if you go back and you play Half-Life 1 and 2 now, they age okay. Well, I mean, like, from a gameplay perspective, Half-Life 1 aged very poorly. Like, <laughs> there's platforming in the first-person shooter. That's just why. Um, Bad time. Difficult platforming, too. Uh, Half-Life 2 mechanically ages a lot better. But, like, from the storyline, you're like... Yeah, this is this is okay, I guess. It's not like it doesn't blow your mind like fucking Bioshock 1 blew my mind in 2007 or Mass Effect like, blew my mind in 2009 when I played it for the first time. From other fans of it, I've, I've heard that they just like the, I guess, the universe that it's in. Oh, it's an interesting really universe. Cool, like, yeah, they yeah. made a really interesting universe, uh, but the storyline, there's a little bit to be... Uh, like, I can go Sorry, back but... and I can, like, you know, look at stuff that, you know, like, from that, from, like, a point in my life where I'm like, oh, yeah, this was really good, and, like, go back and be like, yeah, maybe this didn't hold up very well. Like, uh, Bioshock Infinite is a game like that for me, where, like, mm-hmm. when I first played it, I'm like, oh, my God, this story is so good. It's so fucking deep. It really makes you think. And then you think more and more about it, and you're like, yeah, it actually wasn't that good, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and... Bioshock Infinite just got fucking boosted to the heavens by the hype machine. It did. It did. Get I remember up. the hype around that game was fucking insane. It was a good game. I will. I will say that. I let there be no mistake about that. It was a good game, but uh, the the thing about it is like it was really sold to you on the story, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that ending, man!" And then, you know... And it was it, just a convoluted ending. It's like... It's like... Uh, what, what's that movie? Um, oh, the fucking... With the top at the end that they're spinning. Oh, Inception? Inception. They're like, oh, it's Kinda. such a good movie. But it's just... Uh, it's just a confusing ending. Well, the whole thing... Makes like, think. And what makes me uh, kind of sour on it is the notion... It's, it's kind of like very much... Like Matrix sequels, where a, a central plot point was determinism, where like nothing matters because everything's already been determined how it's going to happen. Um, because like when you at the end, when you're like you see all those different like parallel universes and like Booker and Copstock, uh, I think are the same person, they're just like from different mm-hmm. eras. If something else different w- went wrong, and you're like, okay, so nothing I did in this entire game accomplished anything thank you yeah yeah um, it's like the ending of uh, interstellar but but the burial at sea dlc very oh. good return to rapture with the 
improved graphics engine and mechanics. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, they did put that on. That was cool. Um, so Half Life Alex, the the whole the whole main selling point around this, this is really supposed to be a, a console seller for Steam for their new Steam Index. They want to sell um, that index, baby. And I mean, from what I heard, it's the the index looks great. It functions very smoothly. Yes, it is. Uh, not a the, whole lot of issues to it. It is the, the premium VR issue, experience. The one issue I've heard about it, which is so weird, is that it's causing a lot of motion sickness to people who usually don't get motion sick on VR. In fact, I, I watched the Angry Joe uh, show review, and all three of them, they had all three of the, the people on that show play Half-Life Alex first on the Index. They had roaring reviews about it. They loved it. They they had a lot of fun with it. But after about 45 minutes, they had to stop because they would get so nauseous. And then after, they all would switch over to the, um, uh, what is it, the, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the other VR headset. There are a lot of them. The Vive? <sighs> Not the Vive. The, the Rift? The Quest? Yeah, the Oculus Rift. Yeah, the Oculus Rift. Uh, S, uh, which I think the newest Oculus Rift version, um, they swapped it over to that, and they were fine. They could play for hours and hours. So I don't know if it, it's something about like the depth of field or the refresh rate that hmm. the index is just too good. It's it's a weird concept where like the fact that it's too good is <laughs> causing people it, to get sick and yeah, it probably needs an adjustment period. I suspect if like they played on the index more regularly, then that would go away with time. I'm hoping, because I, I don't know. It's just like, but man, I don't know if that's if that's a good thing. I've heard that the real VR. the real like strong point from the index is the controllers are really yeah. good, um, and I'm I'm curious to whether or not you can use the index controllers. I'm pretty sure they're sold separately. Um, I'm curious if you can use the controllers with other headsets if they're compatible. Be because I think they sell a lot of their components separate, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you could like could. buy the fucking base station separately, so I'm sure you can buy the fucking controller separately too. Yeah, because that's where that's where the cool stuff has been with like your it, it will detect all your different finger movements and you you can poke buttons and all that jazz and uh, they they really did a, a lot of. I guess mechanic changes between other VR games where they just made like the simple act of picking something up a enjoyable experience and yeah. putting it into your bag. They they really streamlined a lot of things and uh, the gunplay has been uh, surprisingly good for that game. I've also uh, yeah, uh, so it, it's it's interesting to see where VR is headed. Yeah, it is. Uh... I'm I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that VR is like you know the de facto future of gaming, but this is the first AAA VR title, and it is pretty impressive, especially with the amount of like detail put into the world, like everything. You can interact with everything in the fucking oh, game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, the the one thing I was disappointed at was he couldn't type on the calculator, but <laughs> hell, I mean, but you can write with markers. You can open up every single drawer, and there's stuff in it. You yeah. pick up, like, trash that's on the ground. You can catch things from enemies as well. Yeah. There's it, just so much. It's uh, it's certainly an impressive feat, and I guess uh, we know what Valve has been working on for so long. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it definitely seems like they put a lot of time into it because the environment's so detailed. Yeah. Mm. All right. So after declaring war on Steam, Epic is now challenging publishers and has begun publishing its own games. Um, it and aims to have the most developer-friendly terms in the industry. So Epic once again attempting to expand its portfolio uh, under the guise of being good for the developers. I'm not a game developer. I don't really know uh, if that's true or not, but I do know that a lot of people, are, developers, are getting bigger cuts from having their stuff on the Epic Game Store, so that's at least nice. Um Epic is now a multi-platform publisher announcing the new Epic Games publishing label today, just as it did when it revealed it was squeezing to digital storefront business. It's promising to do things a bit differently in ways that look extremely appealing to developers. Under the new label, it's already planning to release games from the developers behind The Last Guardian, Limbo, and Control. Remedy has already worked with Epic as Control is exclusive to the store at least until August, but as the publisher is going to be responsible for a lot more just than just the distribution. According to Epic, it will be covering up to 100% of the development costs, including salaries, QA, localization, and marketing. But developers won't have to give up ownership of the games or creative control in the bargain. As for the profit split, developers will get at least 50% after Epic has recouped costs. Okay, so it's a threshold thing. So if Epic fronts the money for the development cost, they release the game, presumably on the Epic Game storefront. And then once the game breaks even in sales, it's a 50-50 split between Epic and the developer. Hmm. But, again, 100% of development costs, including salaries, QA, localization, and marketing. That's fucking... It's a lot. That's, that's big. Like, that's basically, okay, developer, don't worry about fucking overhead make a quality game and if it sells well then you'll make all your expenses are already paid and if it sells well you'll make more money on top of that everyone will get a nice fat bonus check at the end of the holiday and we'll get one success story out of it and, and several little failures but they'll only push the success well yeah we, sh we shall see um, Remedy is a very good publisher so they'll be the first test um they also have Play Dead and um, Yen Gen Designs under the umbrella right now. So we will see what happens with uh, some of these other games. If, if they can, uh, I wonder what sort of contract situations there are with current, like, exclusive partners. Like, uh, if Respawn Entertainment can, like, shake loose from EA and, like, start developing under the epic games publishing label that'd be interesting uh bioware please get away from fucking you know bioware's the bioware we knew and love is dead now i'm convinced of that anthem mm -hmm. killed it they got subsumed into the they got too big for their fucking britches they started spilling out the pockets yeah just dripping through their pant legs. In sad news, Gearbox Software co-founder Landon Montgomery has passed away. Um, Rip. Not related to the coronavirus. Yeah, it seems like every death that I'm hearing about, I'm always like, uh, oh shit, do they, do they die? Like from the coronavirus? Oh my god. But usually they're not, they're just old. No, he, uh, he wasn't that old. He was in his 50s. Ugh, boomer. 
I'm sorry. Um, no cause of death given, but from what I've heard, I think it would be bigger news if it was COVID-related. Yeah. Um, I think this is recent. Yeah, this is recent news. Um, I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's gaming news, but it's a uh, uh, voice actor Hiroshi Masuoka who portrayed Master Yoshi. Roshi. Roshi. Not Yoshi. Uh, has died. <laughs> Master Yoshi. On the 27th, he died. And he's probably up there in years. He was 83, yeah. He, yeah. I don't yeah. think it was corona related. <clears throat> but he is Asian, so hmm, I don't know. <laughs> um, Valve has provided some clarity on why we still don't have Half Life 3. And the answer is pretty simple. Uh, they haven't made anything that they feel uh, is worth calling Half-Life 3. They're lying to you. They're just afraid of the number 3. They haven't made Dota 3. They haven't made Team Fortress 3. Left 4 Dead 3. They haven't made Half-Life 3 Left 4 Dead 3. Yeah, the Uh, the jokes about Valve not being able to count the 3 are still alive and well. Yeah, they just just don't want want a third game. Um, So their plan was... So what they what they said here was that the development of Half-Life 2 took a lot longer than expected because they developed it alongside developing the Source engine, and uh, they didn't want to go through that again. So their plan was to release some um, episodic installments every, once one a year, uh, but then they did two, and then 13 years later, they haven't made any follow-ups to the main game. <laughs> Um, it's so bizarre that like one of the biggest games that they make, one of the most popular at least, I feel like, just they they're dropping the ball on. I really releasing think content. A lot of its popularity has been buoyed by the fact that there hasn't been a Half Life Three for this I think so, extended yeah. period of yeah. time. It's a weird, it's a weird hype train to be on. Like at this point, you could never release Half Life Three. You can't no. do it because there's no possible. It could be literally the perfect game, and still not live up to the hype. Well, you know, then that's their fault because they didn't release Half Life Three on time. <laughs> like it's All it's just become too one. big at this point. Like what I what I think they should do is is just like skip three and just make a four. I think they should just release fucking like the most piss poor like low effort game and call it Half Life Three because <laughs> it would sell a shit ton just on the name. <laughs> that would be really funny if they do a joke one where it's just like all janky and like glitchy, and they didn't put any polish into it. Yeah. Particle engines everywhere, just fucking they're nothing. Nothing. Unity basic game. <laughs> Fucking Unreal 4 engine. You're, you're walking around with like T-posing. No, that would, be, that, would T-posing. Be great. that would be so great if they fucking developed it on Unreal 4 and it was an Epic Games Store exclusive. <laughs> I'd love to see like an April Fool's Day Half-Life 3 come out. All the crab heads are T-posing. You can only buy it on Epic Games Store. <laughs> That would be fucking perfect. Or like, what's what's the worst one? What's the worst? You play? Yes. You play exclusive. You play exclusive. It's you can only get it on you play. <laughs> uh, through no action of my own, my you play bricked 
itself. My Uplay installation bricked itself, so I uninstalled oh. it and never reinstalled it. I have I, a, know why I have a few it. games that I like on my Uplay account, like Assassin's Creed 4 and uh, Far That's Cry Blood Dragon, but I I probably will never play them again because I don't want to fucking reinstall Uplay. I don't even remember my login for Uplay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Um, one, one more Half-Life thing. Uh, Valve is looking forward to mods to remove VR from Half-Life Alex. So, hey, if you don't want to get a VR headset, oh, maybe wait for a mod. Valve. Pulling a De- Bethesda. Yeah, that's a cool feature. We'll let modders do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting any fucking back end into this. Like, No siree, Bob. Bethesda's the fucking worst with that. And they're just like, yeah, we'll let the fucking uh, community make bug fixes for our games. <laughs> yeah, bug fixes. <laughs> I remember when Skyrim on the PC came out and like uh, the Urzban voice grit glitch uh, where when you went to save the guy who was in the blades or whatever, um, like hit there, his voice wouldn't trigger and it's like his voice, you needed to talk to him to like advance the plot. So you would be stuck, effectively, unless he used a console command or some other workaround. And <laughs> just the fucking stupidest little thing that, like, was completely game-breaking because Bethesda did not bug test any of their shit. Amazing. Um, just, and they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thanks, Bethesda. So, uh, and I guess this is movie-related news, but I just saw this on my Verge thing. I forgot to mention. Uh, CBS All Access is currently offering a one-month free trial, so you can binge all of Star Trek Picard if that's what you're into. Oh, good. I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention some news as well. Speaking of free shit that's out during uh, this pandemic, um, stay home, watch porn, get Pornhub Premium for free. One week free of Pornhub Premium. Or one month. Um, also, I think it's free for all Italian users for the foreseeable future. So if you have a VPN, you know, you can be something of an Italian yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and just enjoy. Uh, and I'm somewhat of an Italian myself. Yeah. That was my favorite. So there might have been some people who already did that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, You know, I might do some investigation myself into that. Hey, I, it's free. Um, pro tip. Not from experience, obviously, but uh, that will be flagged as spam. So for your confirmation email, check your spam folder. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> at first I thought they just didn't send it out because they were. Uh, oh, you thought? Uh, no, I thought this wasn't from firsthand experience. Well, because there was a message on their website that said, uh, "Sorry about the delay for sending out confirmation emails. We're getting a bit swamped here," <laughs> and like. Because there's so many people. Why is it that Pornhub is the most altruistic company in existence? They are the best. <laughs> like, they really are. Pornhub takes better care of its employees and its customers than any other company in the fucking world today. And it's really sad that Pornhub is a leader in that fucking field. Well, I mean, pleasure is their number one concern. <laughs> so it's like... I'm mad at you ate wrong. <laughs> Uh, here's a list of speaking of free shit here's a list of games you can grab for free or at a deep discount right now uh, first off we have Goat of Duty which is currently three on Steam 
it's a fast-paced multiplayer shooter where you're armed to the horns with lethal weapons. It's equal parts fun and goofy, offering its own charm in a genre that has a lot of games to choose from. Uh, you can also pick up Mini Metro. Uh, it's free on both the App Store and Google Play. The Stanley Parable is free on Epic Games. Oh, actually... Treasure. Everybody wants a neat little thing. Download it now and don't open it for five years. <laughs> yeah, so you can get that get achievement. That achievement. Uh, Treasure Adventure Game um, is available for free on good old games. Capcom Mega Bundle is available on the Humble Bundle for as little as $1. Uh, you can go up to 20 and get the Devil, get Devil May Cry and... Oh, I'm sorry. It's worth paying at least $11, which grants you a 50% discount to purchase Steam Keys to Devil May Cry and Resident Evil 2 Remake. But I'm sure if you pay uh, 20 you might get both of those. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at the bundle. Investigate it yourself. Go to Humble Bundle. They're a great uh, organization, even if they've been bought out. I remember when they by... started. That was some crazy shit. Yeah. Buy a bunch of games for 6 bucks, And it all what? goes to charity? What? Wait. What? Destiny 2 is free? Uh, apparently Destiny 2 is free. <laughs> or is is there something where you have to like buy the online or something like that? I don't know. Are you looking on Epic Games? I'm looking at uh, Steam. Oh. Real quick. I just, I'm seeing Destiny 2 as free to play. Free to play. Oh, maybe it did go free to play and it's like pay to win. Oh, yeah, because there was a All lot of... All I know like, is that people on Reddit just complain endlessly about it. That's bizarre. Okay. When did Destiny... Right, also, Warzone's free to play. If you're all looking for something free to play, download Warzone. It's free to play. Yeah. If you want but to is be it free to play? It is actually free to play. However, they will remind you about 56 times that there's a battle pass that you can buy. <laughs> You can say no thanks, but they'll ask you again in five minutes. Uh, the Jack and Dexter bundle is available for $20 on the PlayStation Store. I'm pretty sure that's its regular price. I think I bought it for that three years ago. Uh, Life is Strange is now $3.99 at the Microsoft Store. Space Junkies is available for $4.99 on Steam. Sims 4 is available for $9.99 on the Microsoft Store. Dragon Quest Three: The Seeds of Salvation is available for $9.99 on the Nintendo eShop. Resident Evil 3 Remake and Demo for... Uh, and Project Resistance Open Beta are both available... or will be available on April 3rd. And Epic also has a few more free games out. Uh, all three of them together would normally run you $63. Um... If any of these interest you, you can pick up World War Z for free right now. Uh, it was normally $35. Uh, Figment is now free, normally $20. And Tormentor Cross Punisher is free, uh, normally $8. So lots of, uh, lots of games out there for you to pass your time. Uh, also, this week released the on the 26th of March, the... New Borderlands 3 DLC, which we will be taking a look at tonight on the stream. Uh, yep. Love crafting and lots of tentacles. Hell yeah. Um, and, uh, well, 
Speaking of tentacles, aliens Ayo. have a lot of tentacles, and uh, apparently we need to all arm ourselves with head and shoulders shampoo. Head and shoulders, and I want to talk about how they came up with head and shoulders as the uh, as they think, because I don't think that is chemically accurate. No, I don't even think it's internally accurate to their logic in the movie. No. Well, they went down and to the right. No, 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 but like <laughs> they were so. We're talking about Evolution, the classic 2001 sci-fi comedy. Not a horror film, surprisingly. We'll talk about that. Yeah, there were opportunities um, for it to be, too. It was kind of on edge a little bit, but then it was just the, the situations resolved themselves yeah. very... Um, now, I thought that they were sulfur-based because they were talking about making a sulfur atmosphere because it smelled. It's a stinky poo-poo. Um, but then they said they were fucking nitrogen-based for no out reason. Out of nowhere, like, yeah. When there was they, no when... establishment of that. I thought they just couldn't breathe uh, uh, oxygen. Well, in the beginning, yeah. At first. But they, yeah. they said something. Uh, Peter is right. They did say something about the, the atmosphere. But Sulfur. they never had any indication that it was nitrogen-based. That was definitely a scene that got cut somewhere. Yeah, like I was really confused. He's like, oh, we're carbon-based, and if you go down here, this is our poison, ar- arsenic. These guys are nitrogen-based. You go over here to the, let's make the same move, and it's selenium. And I was like, when did we establish they were nitrogen-based? That's that's one of the issues I have with this movie is, like, they they dirtle a lot of it to, like, make a lot of jokes. But then they're like, oh, shit, we have to resolve this plot. So let's just fucking have stuff happen really quickly here at the end. Yeah, The, the second and third acts are kind of weird in this movie. But goddamn, I, I see why you love this movie, Jake. This, for me, was um, – it reminds me – it's it's one of the rare ones movies that I would consider just a a sit down and fucking watch it movie. Yeah. <laughs> like get on the couch, get out popcorn, and just watch this shit. Yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. Um, like the the second and third acts were very rushed, and the first act was very long, but it was still enjoyable to watch. Uh, Somehow Orlando Jones is the uh, the comic relief for a comedy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you had uh, Stifler in here. You had Julianne Moore. Uh, you had Dan Aykroyd, who I'm not sure he knew he was in a movie. They, they <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I'm sure they told him like it's about aliens, dude. It's about aliens and evolution and base pairs. And he's like, "Well, so, well, sign me up. I, I like to. I'd like to be in this movie." It was funny, right? I right before he some... became on, came on the screen, I was like, "You know who would." Like, Dan Aykroyd would fucking love this movie, and then he was in this movie. I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot Dan Aykroyd was in this movie. Um, There's a lot of, like, Ty Burrell is in this movie. I have only seen Um, this movie. Sarah Silverman's in this movie. Uh, Ted Levine, who is Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. Bit of a departure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you, because my origins with this movie are kind of like in reverse order. Did you guys see this movie first, or did you see the animated series spinoff first? I think I saw the movie first, and then I think I was flipping through channels one day and saw the... Because I saw this movie young, I'm pretty sure. This came out in 2001. I'm pretty sure I saw this whenever it hit you know, TV shortly after, or we rented it from like Blockbuster or some shit. Hollywood video. Um, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, but then, yeah, I, I think I saw the 
cartoon just flipping through Saturday cartoons or something like that. Yeah, so there is there is a cartoon uh called Alienators Evolution Continues. Um it ran for 25 episodes on Fox Kids between the spring or the summer and summer of 2001 and winter of, or yeah, winter of 2002. Um Mm-hmm. And that was my first exposure to this. I didn't even know there was a fucking uh, movie until much later. And I think I, I saw the show when it aired in 2001. And then I think it wasn't until 2004 when I first saw this movie. Because one of my cousins had it on when I was over at their house. Um, okay. And so I don't have a, a strong recollection of the, the movie, uh, which is why there were some fun surprises for me uh, watching this. Mm-hmm. I remember the only thing I remembered about this movie was like the last 10 minutes because me as a child had a really fucking awful attention span. (laughs) I was just like, I don't care about things. I'm just going to go and do whatever while everyone's paying attention to this movie. That's the thing that we're doing this afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, this is a rough movie if you don't have a great attention span because that first act is quite long and not a lot, uh, not a lot of action takes place during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love the fucking banter. I love the characters. Yeah. Um, evolution is basically just life. If if like we were the astronauts instead of fucking uh, you know dramatic McGee yeah. up there, like this is very similar to the plot of life. Therefore, it slots into the uh, the life Venom yeah uh, universe headcanon here. This was in the '90s, so. It probably came a little after the 90s, so it came through with the Kree ship when Captain Marvel came back to of course. Earth. It was, uh, they shot it off the Kree ship. There you um, go. See? I'm fucking... All right, so evolution. Uh, we have a... We have Stifler out in the desert uh, practicing to be a fireman. Uh, I thought he was going to just... What a great what a great opening seconds to your movie. Guy pulls up to a fucking shack with a blow up doll. Yeah. It's like, a mannequin. Okay. It's it. not a blow up doll. <laughs> that really drags it out of the that car. That really fucking bothered me. They kept calling it a blow up doll. It's clearly a mannequin. It's cool. Fair enough. It does make squeaky sounds though. Or it was uh or it was like an actual CPR dummy. I don't know. Maybe maybe he got his hands on an actual CPR dummy. Well, I mean, is that not technically a mannequin? Uh, no, because they have functions. Mannequins don't have functions. Is that like a rule of being a mannequin? Well, mannequins are just fucking <laughs> like plastic and foam and shit, whatever it is. But like CPR dummies have like the the lungs that can inflate and other stuff, and they're oddly fleshy. But usually those are only <laughs> the top portion. I don't know. Okay. That's not the important point. The fact is that he rips a body out of his car. Yeah, if I was just like, oh going to bury God, a body in the desert, and that was going to be the opening killer? fucking shot of the movie. I'm like, as this opening theme plays, like, what is this? I what a unique like main theme for your movie. Yeah, it's like like western like twangy guitar, and then like a su- like a silly jazz riff plays over it. Yeah, so a meteor hits the uh, shack and sends him and his car flying. Um, and then we smash cut to the community college 
where Ira Kane, our main protagonist, is teaching biology, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he which, just does not give a fuck. Hold on. First of all, wouldn't a meteor that size, like, blow a hole into Arizona the size of Arizona? Mm. No, wasn't it, it a huge? Bad. Wasn't it a huge asteroid? It wasn't that. It was. It was. It was like three meters across, yeah. or three meters long, um, which would cause quite a seismic event. Like everyone it would did. See like it. everyone was talking and, about there being a quake, and, and that uh, guy didn't but, die. So that guy somehow did not die from because he was in the air. <laughs> right, like you're thinking of like the. The meteors are like the size of houses that'll cause mile-wide craters, right? I don't know. I, I, I'm not also, a meteorologist. This is a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is real life. So it can be whatever the fuck the screenwriters need it to be. <laughs> <laughs> so Ira Kane does so, not give a shit, and he's giving everyone A's just for showing up, uh, except for two students' brothers. Uh, who are party heads, they get C-pluses because their fucking essay about cells was about their uncle in a jail cell, and they copied from each other, and it was the first joke of the movie. Yes. Well, well I mean, I unless guess you count the fucking, yeah. The uh, Wayne running out and being like, I'll save you, stay back. This is, this is, I'm saving lives out here. Yeah. I laughed at that. Yeah, it was funny, I guess. So and then uh, and then we get we meet Orlando Harry Jones's Block. character Lan- or Harry Block. I was called him Orlando Jones again. Orlando Jones plays <laughs> Orlando Jones. No, he uh, plays Harry Block, who is a, uh, a horny possible Geolo- pedophilic geologist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's another joke. Right? Yeah, they had a joke about child porn. <laughs> this, in this movie, movie. was PG thirteen. <laughs> There's a lot of moments where I'm like, wow, this movie was fucking PG-13. How they got away with a lot because it's, uh, I mean, it was all like subtext. You know, it wasn't like, oh, there's child porn on this computer. Mm -hmm. They even got two shits in there. They put in the same scene even. Well, I think shit is one of those words you can use indiscriminately in PG-13. It used to be one F-bomb got you an R rating. But around like 2010, they relaxed that a little bit. And like you can get, you get one F-bomb in your PG-13. Yeah. Um, but there was none of that. This was from the era where that would have gotten you an R rating. But uh, there are plenty of uh, blue jokes in here. Yeah, there's a lot of fucking sex jokes in here. Made me, me, me giggle like a little yeah. girl. Uh, Harry Block's character is basically just a sex gremlin uh, who happens to know <laughs> a little bit about rocks. <laughs> <laughs> his side hustle is knowing about rocks. and coaching women's volleyball but that has more to do yeah, with the yeah, sex yeah. gremlin i think i love how at the end of the movie they they when they're congratulating him they announce him as the winningest coach in division three volleyball <laughs> <laughs> division three women's volleyball. i like how that movie ends with fucking well uh not no spoil not spoilers it's 19 years old this movie fucking ends with harry eating out the, the fucking the his love interest. No, Ira. He, it was Ira. Ira. Yeah. Not, yeah, not Harry. Ira. Ira just like he goes down, and then the fucking movie ends, and it cuts to a fucking Head and Shoulders commercial. Yeah. I'm like, that's how you end your movie. Wow. Okay, boys. Wait, this was this wasn't just a huge Head and Shoulders commercial. It was a fucking. I mean, honestly, how much do you think Head and Shoulders paid for the product placement? 
a lot of money. Probably a fair amount. This was also that I don't know this. A lot of this screams '90s energy. Well, it was it was, it was 01. Kind of it was '01 pre 9/11. The '90s were still alive and well. Mm-hmm. People were just okay with a lot of shit. Like this was the same, and even the 2000s was the time when you had Simpsons Butterfinger commercials, <laughs> where you had that collab. Yeah. No one better lay a finger on my Butterfinger, man. I just looked oh, up mannequin. Thanks for that. Okay, I I googled the word mannequin. Uh, just to be a little facetious. Uh, here's the definitions, but the, I'm bearing the lead by giving you the definitions here. A person who is very small, especially one not otherwise abnormal or deformed. A jointed model of the human <laughs> body used in anatomy or as an artist's lay figure. But if you Google ma- mannequin, um, you have a few products recommended to you. Uh, oh. The first product is the Preston Family Pack which has a few babies and some other mannequin CPR dollars. The second one is Simulatus Obstructical Mannequin Replacement Vulva. Uh. That is the second (laughs) product recommendation when you Google the word mannequin. There is a fucking vagina on my screen right now. (laughs) Like fucking a kid. Any kid can fucking Google this shit. Um, it's thirty two fifty. If you're interested, <laughs> oh, I don't I know if that's a good or bad price. I can't. Really it reminds me of when you go into like one of the ski, some of the skeezier uh, adult shops, and they have like the models. It's like this is totally Paris Hilton's ass. The plaster cast of her fucking bits. Totally, it's it's a giant fucking lump of silicone, and you're like, pretend you could be <laughs> fucking Paris Hilton's ass. Yeah. And I imagine someone in bed with that, and they're just like, eh, eh. it's like the largest fleshlight yeah. ever. You see a lot of those with like fleshlights and stuff. It's like, oh, it's cast from ex porn stars, fucking vagina, and you're like, is it now? Did they like lay flat while you plaster form their fucking vagina? That sounds like a yeast infection waiting to happen. It sounds like problems. Um, now there's two spellings of mannequin. Yes. There's, uh, the one you had, and there's the man many. Yeah, that's probably a little <laughs> more. Oh, uh, well, let's see. Yes, you do not get vagina when you spell it with the Q. <laughs> Damn it. But you do have recommended to you a five-three teenage girl mannequin and a realistic female mannequin. One eighty-seven ninety-nine and two forty-seven ninety-nine, respectively. So if you get your like stimulus check, you can get yourself. <laughs> this little mannequin. Get yourself stimulated on your stimulus yeah. check. Uh, question one: Why is there a prostate exam simulator for a thousand dollars, and why is it a thousand dollars? Yeah, you have a finger. <laughs> Every human mm-hmm. being is equipped with a finger. Everybody has a finger in a butt hole. Yeah, just I just need a carrot it. and a turntable. You can give the old set on and spin experience. So anyway, uh. Ira and Harry show up to investigate this rock, and and Harry is decked out in full '90s cool gear. Yes, I fucking love it. Uh, they ride in their fucking red Jeep Wrangler. Um, <laughs> they show up to this rock. They take a sample of it by fucking just throwing a bunch of jargon at the goddamn police officer who's folksy. 
Um, mm-hmm. They let him take a sample of the rock, and they discover it's like bleedings. <coughs> and uh, when Ira looks at it on the ma- microscope, he sees a bunch of single cell organisms, and he runs it through a spectrophotometer, which reveals there's ten base pairs in their DNA, which I don't think a spectrophotometer can do. Yeah, I don't. I've never used it. <laughs> you take a lot of analysis. It wouldn't be able to pop that yeah. right out. Um, but more concerning to me, like scientific accuracy. I knew that coming in. That's why I recommended this movie. I'm like, scientific accuracy is not one of their strong suits in this movie. <laughs> no. Um, what's more concerning to me is that somehow ten base pairs implies that like you, they're gonna evolve faster. When it really doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I haven't taken a biology class uh, in about a decade, so I don't remember how that works super well. But I don't think the number of base pairs has really much to do with the complexity of the mutation rate on yeah. a fucking strand of DNA. I think. I mean, the maybe it maybe or it the increases their metabolic rate, rate, and that yeah. had something to do with how quickly they were able to. You know, go for they just explain how they just like randomly fucking grow out of nowhere. Like they take the oxygen or they take the atmosphere in. So I was like, fine, because like the fucking the blue spot on his fucking microscope slide just gets bigger and bigger. I'm like, that's not how that's not how a small microbiological population works. <laughs> it's going to hit a carrying capacity and it's going to run out of energy. You fool. Yeah. Um. But it evolves rapidly, and they keep dividing. I think that has more to do with their evolution, the fact they divide a lot. But he was excited about yeah. the 10 base pairs because mm-hmm. he's a biologist. Um, sure. So they divide rapidly, and then he goes to find Harry, who's coaching his women's volleyball team. And he leaves in the middle of the game to check out the single-cell organism. But uh, when he looks in there, he sees multi-cell organisms, which he then informs Ira and about. If- Yep, and if you look at the table, if you look at the beaker on the table, it went from like this much to like this much. Yeah, yeah. it was filling up in the background, and which then, I liked. That was a nice little mm-hmm. detail. There was some good, nice yeah, little movie details. And then it ended up breaking. It ended up breaking the the dish. Mm-hmm. Not, maybe not the petri dish, but the uh, the slides or something yeah. like that. We yeah, That's we just much, talked yeah. about that. Yeah. So they take the class on a field trip back to the site, and they discover that the stuff has already evolved in flatworms, which. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, his problem. Then the government shows up, and then Julianne Moore from the CDC is there. And I, I kind of chuckled at the fact that the fucking CDC is in this movie, given what's going on in the world right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's her character trait is so good. It's, it's just clumsy. It's so weird for me because my first <laughs> exposure to Julianne Moore was in Thirty Rock. Where she played a yes. character here with a, a thick Boston, Boston, accent. Boston accent. So whenever I watch um. fucking The Big Lebowski or any uh, anything else Julianne Moore has been in, uh, I not hearing the accent froze me off a lot. Um, so <clears throat> she's in this movie. Love you, Jake. Don't Sorry. die over there. I don't know why. I have some like stuck in my throat. Uh, Ira. When they show up in the militaries, they're like, Ira's immediately almost shot by one of the fucking soldiers. And you're like, what's that all about? And then they apply, they keep implying that he did something to these, to warrant, like. A dark backstory, which again, this is the first thing for me. Well, not the first thing, but all these scenes, these could have been horror movie scenes. But what they did 
for the whole movie was anytime there was a fucking scary thing except for the end, they put like adventure music over yes. it. Yes. Uh like the the big one is with the fucking dog thing with the ladies during the mahjong. Mm-hmm. Like I was on edge a lot in this movie because I was expecting it to kind of like dip into horror comedy territory. You know, where it's like, oh, yeah, these fucking people are going to get eaten. They're going to die. But, like, the only people who die in the movie are, like, a handful of nameless soldiers at the very end of the movie. They get crushed by the giant fucking thing. And we don't even know that they die for sure. We can assume that they die. Um, But, uh, but yeah, like, it, like, the, yeah, there's, like, a dog with a fucking meat mouth. Like an a literal alien tongue yeah, thing it's that got comes like a out, bites a girl's hand, and they don't play like they don't play any scary music over it. They play like a like uh oh, she just got bitten by the weird dog thing. Yeah, like the most horror thing in the movie is when the uh, douchebag rich guy gets eaten by the fucking like alligator dog. Dog. Uh, yeah. When he like you know you can see his like fucking fingers dragging through the the grass on the green. Mm-hmm. Um, I think now is the right time to start talking about the CGI too. It. What's wrong with it's, it? It's um, you know, it's it's middling. I've seen CGI that's a from movies that are older that's aged a lot better, like Terminator Two, Men in Black. Uh, but I've seen CGI from movies that are a lot newer that have aged worse. Like, I don't know. Anything that came out between 2010 and 2012. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, DreamWorks. Yeah, this is a DreamWorks production. Yeah, that, that so seems correct. Like a lot of the like asset style yeah. and like texture mapping is very similar to a lot of other DreamWorks stuff from this era. Mm-hmm. I can see that. It's very video game style too. Some of like the... Especially if we get into like the dragon. They did a decent job for the most part of not relying too heavily on CG. Uh, and like for like big moments where they had to interact with uh, the aliens a lot. Uh, I'm, uh, particularly the one where the, uh, Dan Aykroyd shows up in the primates. Uh, they evolve in the primates. Like those were practical effects. They did not use CG for those. And I think that mm-hmm. was a wise decision. And for the most part, people don't interact too much with the CG characters, um, it, with a couple of exceptions. When the shoplifter gets taken by the bird dragon thing and at the very mm-hmm. end. But yeah, uh, I think the sphincter, at least, was a practical effect. Yes, the, <laughs> when he gets pulled in. Um, yeah, we'll just start talking about the rest of the movie. So, like... Just things sort start just getting out of control, spiraling upwards. Um, they they invade the military site at one point. Oh, but we, which we, like I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about oh, the yeah. trial when uh, Julianne Moore's character disposes Ira Kane, and they talk about Kane mm-hmm. madness and how he developed the vaccine for arsenic. And it's like, and what do those soldiers get? Well, they didn't get arsenic mm. if the anthrax. anthrax. They didn't get anthrax if that's what you're if that's what you're asking. Uh, but I gave him like the shits and stuff, and uh, they call it Kane Madness, and that's why he went from being a colonel in army research to being a community college professor. Perfect. 
he knows it's a great contrast between him who knows his shit and is like not proud of it versus Harry Block who just wants to play a big boy. And he's like, I'm on the USGS so I can get all the, the jail bait I want. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Take it away, Peter, if you're Brad Strokes yeah. recap. So things starts uh getting out of control as they First, they int- they try and get back on the military base to get some samples for themselves because the government cleaned them out, um, and this just it's a lot of like again you think it'd be like a tense scene, but they just sort of wander in, make some jokes, some banter. He's like fucking dancing in yeah, the elevator. Yeah, talking about how he just needs to fuck Julianne more and she'll be be nicer. <laughs> she needs a good humping, and then, uh, um, then some, a fucking mosquito yeah, gets in. Yeah, somehow his suit. mosquito gets in his suit, which shouldn't be. And it doesn't alert anyone that there's, like, a pressure no. loss, which I feel like there would be a sensor on these things that said, oh, you just lost pressure in your suit. Or you'd be able suit. to hear it or feel it. Like, if it's a pressurized sealed suit, the moment, like, there's a fucking opening, like, all that air is going to rush out. Uh, mm-hmm. So you'd be able to feel that. But for the purposes of comedy, a mosquito gets in and then it gets inside of him and they have to pull out through his butt and they make... There's a lot. There's a big old fucking butt sex like implied. Yeah, they scene make here. a they make a joke about uh, fucking how there's no time for lube, and he's like, "There's always time for lube." There's always time. There's always time for lubrication. It's brought to you by KY KY Jelly, Jelly. and um, they pay it back at the end though when he shoves the fucking head and shoulders hose up the sphincter, and he's like, "It's yeah. payback time without bitch. without lube." Without lube, of course, mm-hmm. the sphincter was. Several orders of magnitude wider than the hose, so I don't think it would have made much difference. <laughs> he fit in there pretty easily without uh, any lube. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they get into an argument with the government, and the government says, uh, no, fuck you, get out of here. And Julianne Moore's like, well, I'm leaving too, because uh, y'all aren't taking this seriously. And I somehow like Ira now. Well, she always liked reason. Ira, you could tell. She was giving him the big eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fucking butt monster. Yo, does that remind you of anyone? <laughs> like, you're looking at a giant alien yeah. ass. Thanks, Harry. Um, yeah, and so we start seeing animal attacks. They're like, they're in the water pipes, they're in the ponds, they're in yeah, the... Yeah, Wayne discovers, like, one at the fish stage of evolution and the, like, thing for the pool, and he, like, just ignores it. And then, uh, like, this alligator dog thing eats one of the country cup patrons. And uh, that's that's really, like, the only person who's, like, dies from one of these attacks. Uh, you have the... Well, were there any deaths in, uh, when the, the, the friggin' dragon things attacked uh, the Nope. The no. They, no. they took one girl, they and they life. saved her, and they shot the dragon thing. Because they're all fucking strapped. They're all just like, yeah, no, we don't yeah, have a shotgun. Yeah, there is a shotgun store in, uh, in the It's in the a sporting goods store. He's like, yeah. No, it's he's like, specifically so shotguns. Um, <laughs> what does he say? He's like, he's, Wayne's like, do you know how to use these? He's like, just because I'm a school teacher doesn't mean I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> just that. such a great moment that's just, you don't. Like you just would not see that today. Where just your three lighthearted bantery characters just all know how to use firearms, and they just like, yeah, no, let's get strapped up because it's shoot fucking the Arizona. Everyone knows how to use a gun in Arizona. <laughs> it's oh yeah, because pra- you can just go out to the desert and just shoot in any it's direction. Part, it's fine. pretty much it's like that's a PE unit for Arizona public schools. Fucking shooting, <laughs> <laughs> skeet shooting. 
Um, so yeah, they fire on it, and like I like that Ira was the one who got the shot because he's he presumably has military training in firearms. I would like to think. Yeah, they all have to go for Um, basic training. And they all fucking double tap it, which I like. I was just happy. That was a fun moment. I was like, yeah. Pre zombie land double tap. Well, it did kind of like stir, and then they shot it again. Like it's dead now. Um, so yeah, and then you have the I think the most intense scene that could have like really gone into horror was with the dog and with the mahjong ladies uh where it like fucking has a xenomorph thing come out of its mouth which is like what fucking mutation like what adaptation for survival like they just kind of made these things like weird and grotesque in a lot of ways it's like that doesn't make any sense how would that help them survive in this atmosphere like the fucking caterpillar with two butts exactly or two faces like a cat dog thing yeah, but like these ladies Cat, dog, are pillar. approaching this thing very uh, cautiously, and then like it bites one on the hand, but like doesn't like even lose the hand. It's just like they're bleeding a little bit, and then they go to shoot it, but it dies because it can't breathe. And then Dan Aykroyd shows up, and they they explain the situation to him, and then they get attacked by the primates, and he's like, "I don't care what you gotta do, just do it." And the general is going to drop a bunch of napalm on them, but back at the lab, they discover that. They fucking grow faster when they're exposed to fire conveniently. <laughs> Due to a, a poorly thrown match. Yeah. They wouldn't mm-hmm. have they wouldn't have been able to find out uh, any other way. Yeah. Well, that's not a test. Not, I, like that. that's I fine. think heating it would have been one of the first tests, you know? Like that would be one of the Maybe. first battery of tests I would have run. I mean, I'm no biologist. I'm yeah. a I'm a chemist by trade, so I like to see what happens when things he- get heat up. <laughs> Throw it in a microwave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Holy shit! Well, that's where they fucking discover selenium as their poison, and because they go down into the right, because I mean, like that's not how it's so dumb. Because it like works. it's it's like okay, well, if you go down into the left for car- for arsenic, is uh, to carbon based life forms. Like there are plenty other chemicals that are on toxic the to carbon elements that are toxic to carbon-based life forms. Yeah. Like okay. arsenic is just—it's just bad for us. Like it's not—it's not our kryptonite. Yeah, there's arsenic in well, water. There's, yeah, there's arsenic in quite a few things. That would be very alarming for you to know that there's arsenic in. So I won't divulge yeah. them at this moment. Uh, but yeah, like gallium arsenide is in a lot of stuff. It's just a fact of life. Gas. 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 I love that question. Gas. Uh, we'll live on forever, and I'm so proud of my legacy. And it was on the test, which was the best. Thing. That's my fucking legacy, and Alfred is just making a joke out of all this very hard science stuff. Um, but yeah, so selenium, and they're like, "How are we going to get 200 gallons of selenium?" At two in the morning, and then like uh, fucking Tweedledee and Tweedledumber uh, come in, and they're like, "Well, head and shoulders, the main active ingredient is selenium, something or another." Sulfide, Sulfide, which weirdly makes sense if they breathe in a sulfur environment, like it'll bond, presumably. Um, And they're like, "How do you know this? Like, how do you think our hair is so shiny and flake free?" (laughs) Yeah, but how are they gonna get five? That's another thing. How do they get five hundred gallons of that stuff? Well, it's. I just hit up every CVS, or is there a Well, you go to a Walmart, and you, like, clear them out. It's 20. Every bottle is, like, what, 20 ounces, 24 ounces? And then you have, Mm -hmm. like, the bigger bottles, which are 48. So, you know, 
you figure you can get a couple gallons or a couple, like maybe 20 to 25 gallons per store you hit. So there's 128 mm -hmm. fluid ounces in one yes. gallon. Make that 500. And then divide it. Divide by, by like 36, we'll say, for the average size of a bottle of head and shoulders. Here, no, no, I gotcha. I, I did the actual math. So you need, you only need three, thirty-five hundred bottles of uh, That's of head doable. and shoulders. That's very doable. Yeah. Um. Alright. And that looks like about the size of the fucking pile yeah. right there. So they get they get a pass they on this. Fell one. ass backwards into being yeah. accurate there. Yeah. Um. They so they fill up a fi fire truck full of uh, head and shoulders, uh, but they don't immediately go to fucking kill them they like go down to investigate and then they drop the napalm and somehow they don't die from this well i think their plan was to sp just spray the stone and if they spray the stone that'll stop it in their mind i, I guess. guess but it's already spread out whatever um the napalm came in and then like just became a giant version of the single cell organism from the beginning with a butthole rule rule of the squared cube law just thrown out the window yeah. here does not explode under its own weight. Yeah. So this is like terrorizing. They're shooting it. It crushes some soldiers. Really only people who die in this movie. Um, and presumably. We don't know that they're dead. Uh, but then they, they drive the fire truck towards so the, all the fucking army jeeps are going one way and the fire truck's going the other way. Dan Aykroyd's like, what the fuck's that fire truck doing out there? Uh, but yeah. they shoved because they had no idea about the plan because they were they just the general didn't even take their call when they were trying to tell him not to napalm. Yeah. Them. So uh, they shove the hose up its ass and they start splaying in and get Harry gets sucked up a little bit and they pull him back out. Uh, as far as a climax goes, this was fairly anticlimactic. They just kind of did the thing they thought they were going to do and there was very little uh, very little obstacles in opposition to that. Yeah. There's a butthole. Yeah, <laughs> they made the some, they made some butthole jokes, and then the thing exploded, and they were lauded as heroes. And Ira went to go fuck uh, Julianne Moore, and uh, then a head, head shoulders, shoulders commercial. And then I Man, saw a uh, preview for Tiger King, which was enticing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that might be my next uh, show that I watched. Unless I get really want to watch uh, Ozark, because Ozark season three is out as well too. Jason Bateman is a drug dealer. Oh my god, Were, was it with you, and, Jake? No, it wasn't with you. It was with my uh, my stepbrothers. We were looking on Netflix, and uh, it had Arrested Development and Ozark right next to each other in a recommendation list. And like the thumbnail for Arrested Development was Jason Bateman with like a perplexed look on his face, like a upbeat look, and then the Ozark was him with like a very like solemn look on his face sure. <laughs> it's like the two two modes of jason bateman <laughs> <laughs> goofy and funny and uh drug dealer fucking drug launderer they should have just had him they should have like they should do like a breaking bad where he like slowly descends into to the lifestyle and like just by the end of the series he looks like his character from dodgeball <laughs> just like the it. neck tattoo and the spiky hair <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, that was Evolution. It oh. is a very watchable movie. Eminently it is watchable. Not yep. uh, not too long. It's a, I think probably just 
90 minutes or maybe yeah. a handful of minutes over that. But it's, it's certainly less yeah. than two hours, so it's nice to sit down and watch. If you have some time in an afternoon, uh, just knock this out if you're interested. This is like the definition of fucking TV movie it really on is. a Sunday. Yeah. I don't know. There's some, there's some good laughs. There's some, there's some good jokes. Neat, neat story. It's an interesting, and good characters. interesting story. The characters work very well with each other. Um, well cast. Uh, writing was all right. <laughs> uh, but the actual, like, the way they shot the movie, like, from a technical perspective, it's a pretty well-put-together movie, and they had the wisdom not to lean too heavily on CGI, which was which was yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, good thinking. Dreams. All right, so, yeah, that was Evolution, and this has been another... This is week two of Corona-shortened episodes of the Soundstuds podcast. We're probably going to ring in about an hour 40 here um but please come to the stream tonight we'll be taking a look at some more tentacle based monsters uh in the new lovecraftian themed dlc for borderlands 3 uh we're all level 55 right now so we should probably hit that new level cap i would imagine by the end of the uh get a couple dings for the audience i like dinging in front of the crowd yeah, I love a good ding when I have an audience. I'm a bit of an exhibition. I like dinging I'm with my I'm a bit buddies. of an exhibitionist in that way. Uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, that's going to be happening tonight around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch and Mixer. Uh, slash Siren Studs on both of them. You can find links to those on our website, Siren as well as links to our social media, at Studs Saturn on Twitter, Facebook.com backslash Saturn Studs. Um, also, YouTube channel, which is going to be... I haven't uploaded anything to the YouTube channel in a while because I'm kind of rethinking the strategy here. I think we're going to just use it as we were using it as just a stream archive channel. So, like, we'll have, uh, like, you know, the parts of the st- old streams go up, uh, like, in regular intervals on the channel be a bit of a delay so like there's an incentive to watch live but uh those will go up by i think three days a week uh we'll upload streams and work for our backlog of content but uh it's just become needlessly tedious to part these out and youtube like remembers how much you've watched so you can just watch for however long you want and click off and then watch again so don't feel I need to be doing all this editing and rendering and compressing and uploading and titling and shit. Just less work for me, less chance of getting burned out, and I've been feeling a little burnt out lately, which I'm trying to avoid. So uh, that's going to be the the direction moving forward with that. And um, other than that, I think that's everything we need to plug unless you guys have something. No. All right. Well. Nope. Uh, yeah, plug in, plug in, washing your hands, everybody, yeah. and social distancing. Social distancing, all that stuff. We'll get through this. I don't know when everything will be back to normal, but eventually things will be back to normal. Oh uh, yeah. So just be patient, and uh, you know, stay safe. So until next time, being well and staying safe and partying like it's 1995 is all we can do to make it through this. So. Yep. Enjoy. Have fun. 
and peace. Bye-bye.